With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. It is Trent Condon and Ken Miller, and we're with you for the next couple of hours. Appreciate you spending some uh, of your morning here with us. The BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. A Tuesday, uh, the bottom of the hour, we're going to do a segment on the NFL. Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com, was in Lambo last night uh, for the first time in 600 and something days like for a lot of folks. Uh, but he was there, and he saw his Packers get well uh, over the Detroit Lions. Aaron Rodgers, although he didn't tell everybody to relax, he certainly looked uh, relaxed out there, carving through the Lions as they did. Looked like it was going to be a game for the while, and that guy who had that big parlay ticket uh, had a uh, had a puncher's chance anyways, only to see that uh, go down in flames. So Dave Sinekin will start, then Nick Athen on the 1-1 one one Kansas City Chiefs uh, at 10.45. Matt Snyder kicks off our number two. We talk baseball, uh, get back into the MLB as down the stretch they come. Only a couple of weeks left in the regular season. Some incredible stories being written one of them by one of the air quote local teams those st louis cardinals what a run they are on at the best time of the year uh, so we'll talk uh, baseball with matt snyder and then uh big 12 conversation with matt postens from heartland college sports we'll pick his brain on the big 12 as we get set to head into conference play uh, kind of melancholy we don't want the non-con to end that means that a third of the season or a quarter of the season is behind it but conference play uh, is an entirely different animal back from vegas thank you for holding down the fort yesterday how are you I'm doing well. How about you? I'm tired. I'm beat. I can't take these. The old man. Yeah. I'll tell you, I got to say, credit where credit is due. I was on the Community Choice Charter, Mm -hmm. and they had a ball. I mean, this was was a subdued bunch coming back yesterday. Yeah. Uh, but but heading out, the beer was flowing, the fight song. I thought he was going to be able to get some sleep on the way out there. And over the loudspeakers, at least in the beginning of the flight, every 10 minutes comes the Cyclone fight song. And they were playing trivia, and they were laughing. And they had a great time. Uh, awesome. They run it. They run a tight ship over there. Uh, Jeff Klein's the guy's name. I, I, I met him. I don't know him. Didn't know him. Um, but, but had a blast. Met some really good people coming home on the flight. Mm-hmm. Didn't... Uh, uh, kind of just blended in on the first um, on the outbound, but met some good people. Ryan Groves, his wife Charday, some other folks as well. Sat behind me, had good conversation coming home, and um, glad to be home though. Because Vegas takes a toll. It two nights is I think perfect. Three nights is. I just, <laughs> I don't know. Stretching it a little too far. Yes. It was a, it was a fun time, Trent. It was, and there was a lot of fun. I mean, Vegas is Vegas. And you know how we both feel mm-hmm. about sitting in a book and drinking beer and watching your games or playing horses, whatever it is you do. There's just something special about it. I love the place. I was 
very much wishing I was there. As yeah. I saw everybody, of course, not a Cyclone fan. I just wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to experience that. And then you hear people that were at the game and, and just the environment that mm-hmm. it was, everything that went along with it, the sea of people making their way. And you mentioned that yesterday when we talked here at the beginning of the show and just seeing uh, my sister-in-law, Tracy, who you know, yep. she uh, had a video up on Facebook of they were already there, kind of in that outdoor right, area, right. and the stream of people. It was people. hordes. It was like an army, Trent, honest to God. It was over the house at the end of the bridge, and that's all. That's the only way you can get there. And everybody was coming from the Luxor, the Mandalay Bay, the south end of the Strip. It was taken over by Cardinal and Gold. That's why I was as far north as you could go, <laughs> because I wanted to try and get reservations or be able right. to belly up to the bar, not have to wait. Um, yeah, fun time. Legion Stadium's cool. Now, i got to be honest with everybody today. I am every day. Try to anyways. I didn't see a play. Not one. I left before the game started. Before it even started, you got out of there. I did. I wanted to see it. I went there. I met, saw a couple of people. Uh, my son, obviously, and, and his fiance made sure that they were in their seat. I, I didn't want to miss any of the games at night. Mm-hmm. I mean, Penn State-Auburn was on. But there was just so many good games. So I got there. I, I did the tour. I, I got to know Allegiant Stadium as much as I wanted to, mm-hmm. and then started walking against the flow back to um, <laughs> back to get a cab, and then I went to the win, and I watched the game at the win as I did all the other games that were unfolding. I drank beer and uh, had an edible, and just was me, you know. So I, I didn't see any of it. Didn't see any. Not a game. single play. But you saw the whole game. Yeah, on TV. Well, on TV. Shouldn't say that because it didn't get uh, right. the television coverage didn't start till three minutes and something uh, into the football game as uh, San Diego State and Utah. And it was just setting up perfect. You could just tell, oh, you know what's coming. It's like a West Virginia game in basketball. There's no way in hell they're going to get to the scheduled kickoff, and it's going to be on time. Um, But when I finally was going to watch three periods overtime, which was pretty good. But um, no, very, very memorable trip. Thank you, to again, to Community Choice. Uh, Steve Barry does their voice. We Don't their commercials play on our show? Steve, Steve Barry, Barry, who's a, I know Steve Barry. I worked with Steve Barry at Prey. He was the voice of Prey Meadows commercials. Oh, okay. In the beginning, and and then he was there after me, and and uh, I don't know how long he's been gone, but he I'm positive I'm not now. It's his voice on the commercials. Um, anyways, regardless of that, fun trip. Thank you, Community Choice. Glad to be back. As you know, three nights in the book. And don't don't stay. Well, I shouldn't say that because the I stayed at the uh, the new resort world. There's three hotels: a uh, Hilton, the Conrad, and a chain I'd never heard of. Um, that's the upper upper end. But they don't care about sports. Okay. The sports book is as big as maybe a garage. Oh, really? That, honestly. Yeah. And there's like I don't know ten seats, and you have to pay for it. You have to pay to sit down. Gotcha. So we walked to the wind, which isn't the, the hotel itself is really nice. It's brand new. But um, if you're going there and you want to watch, and they don't have horses, none. Oh, really? don't care, no horses. So not not a, not the kind of place. No, that completely. It was, caters to you, right? Because um, yeah, I like to watch a game and get up and bet a race and watch a race. And yeah, anyways, uh, nice hotel, but they don't care about sports. Circa and, does. Circa does, and, and we got some I, news on Circa. Yes, um, and that's where I spend Sunday. And Trent, it's the mecca, it's the cathedral. And I mean, sports books are great, and there's, you're going to find what you like at most of them. Sure, but there's something about this place, and as we've talked when we talked to Derek Stevens when we had him on, I don't know if he single handedly is bringing back Fremont Street. 
But he's bringing people off the strip when they come to Las Vegas that never in their wildest dreams would have thought, you know what, let's go to, let's go to Old Downtown. Let's go to Fremont Street. Mm-hmm. Now you could do because of one reason. And that's Circa. And then you realize once you get down there, holy crap, this is really cool. It's a fun place. I don't know if I could stay there. Um, downtown, I mean. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Maybe I could. But right. Cirque itself. So the news is is they've been pushed back a little bit, right? Yes. So initially, well, of course, initially, way back in the summer, they're hoping to launch before NFL season. They wanted to have that. Didn't come to fruition. Then the target date was this Thursday, the 23rd. Not going to hit that one. October 7th now is the target date. Mm-hmm. And for people, Circa. What, what's Circa? Circa's the one. College football. When you see the point spreads come out on Sunday afternoon, for all the college games the following week, Circa is the first to post those lines. So you got a feeling, nope. you got a hope, you think you got right nope. lines before anybody else, before anybody can bet on them, you'll be able to bet them first here in Iowa when Circa is available when those lines are posted. Mm-hmm. So for people that like to jump on top, that like to not wait till Saturday to make your bets, but you want to do it early. Circa is the place to do that. You're right, and they, they'll be first, and they'll be here, and it sounds like October the 7th. Here's the delays. not them. It's not the state. It's a third party that approves everything, and, and that's a, it's a great safety check. It mean, it's you're gambling, folks. You know, they, they, they want this. Everybody needs this to be on the up and up, so the state will approve it. Circa was the bid, or whoever that company is that's coming to town. And the third party uh, is the one. And it's the same way in Las Vegas. It's the same way in Nevada. Uh, third party approval. Anyways, let's get up with the here and now. Fun trip. Thank you again, Community Choice. You have a fun, fun, fun group. Although, I don't know. <laughs> they, we landed at 1230, and a lot of this flight was three sheets to the wind already. I have no idea how those folks made it through the rest of the day because I don't think they pulled up. <laughs> you know, um yeah, they put the fun meter in the red zone, to say the very least. So let's get caught up on what we saw uh, from the weekend. Um, you know, we we talked about the when I joined you for a few minutes before I jumped in the cab and headed to the airport yesterday. We really didn't touch on Iowa no. uh, very much, and I'd like to get your thoughts on that because, um, you know, there was no sound on the game I was watching, and the room doesn't have the Big Ten network. But um, and I, saw, I saw a lot of disappointed Hawkeye fans in the quarterback again. That's where the conversation, I think, starts with mm-hmm. this. The defense is elite. Yes. The special teams are elite. Mm-hmm. The offense is not. And you rack up 400-plus yards, but it just didn't feel that way. Goodson was good. Yep. Offensive line getting better, but it's against an undersized MAC team right. in Kent Although State. Although a pretty good MAC team, I they think. They are, but offensively more than anything. Right. I think, I think once we get to November, we're going to be seeing this, um, this group probably on a Tuesday or Wednesday, mm-hmm. and maybe competing for a division title. I think they're yeah. a decent team. They are. But Spencer Petra still left a lot on the field. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the sheer numbers of it. Hasn't thrown a pick. Great. Mm-hmm. But you watch the game, and even watching on tw- on TV, this isn't the All-22 film where you can see everything going on. I obviously don't know what his first read are, those kind of things. But you look at the limitations. You look at how quickly. If he can't make that first throw on time, Get the beat, boom, 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 get the ball out to a guy doing a comeback route. It's just not there. He's not looking. He's not developing. He's not progressing through his reads. In a game like that, in a game against Kent State where you don't take one shot down the field until the final minutes of the game, these are the times you have to do that. 
Tom Kicker always talks about Kirk putting in the lockbox, right? Yeah. You get the lead, you yeah. sit on it, you squeeze them. It's a python, it's a boa constrictor, mm-hmm. and you just squeeze the life out of it. Something team. to be said for that. And it works. Yeah. More times than not. But you're going, he's going to need to make a play at some point in the season, Trent. It's not going to be Colorado State no. the following week after the. They are going to get into the meat of the Big Ten, that game in Maryland on a Friday night. A team that can score. A team that can score with Penn State looming. You have to have a performance from Petrus where mm-hmm. he's going to win a football game. Yes. And I don't see that out of him. I haven't I just yet. Don't... I'm not giving up hope. Uh, I was more in on him than you are, but you are trending to be um, correct on this. I think we're heading to a spot where Petrus is going to be the reason that this team, instead of getting back to Indianapolis for the first time in six years, instead of hitting the heights that they're ranked right now, they're going to be short of that, and I think it's one reason. But who? Okay, go ahead, finish it, then I'll ask you. It's, who's it's quarterback. Yeah. So far, who's going to prevent them? Because what I've seen... Wisconsin. Trent, yeah. They're not moving the football against that team. They are not moving. That's a hell of a defense. They are not. And look back at the game last year. They got two plays over 50 yards. This offense right now is not getting two plays mm-hmm. over 50 yards. Mm-hmm. They had an 80-yarder from Goodson. That's not happening again. A 50-yarder in a pass play with Smith-Marset. What wide receivers making that play yeah. against Wisconsin? Although right now? they seemingly went out of their way to get Tracy Moore involved this week they after did. not doing too much the week before. Maybe there's more to this offense. Offensive line, you had two new tackles this year. You're playing without Kyler Schott at the beginning of the season. Uh-huh. Maybe more than anything, the offensive line starts clicking, and then you can unlock, unlock a few more of these things, and the plays down the field are going to be there. That's the hope. But the guy I see right now, anything short of Indianapolis is a disappointment. Yes, absolutely is. Coupled with how good they've been the last four years, but fell short mm-hmm. ultimately of that goal. You have to get there. Because you know what else, why else it would be disappointing, Trent? I, as we sit here today on the 21st of September... I think the big, I think the opportunity forever who represents the West, the opportunity is there to leave Indianapolis with a trophy. Because all of a sudden, this Ohio State, that defense, they've got some holes in them. I think Penn State might be the best team in the Big Ten East right now. I mean, Michigan State's good. Michigan is good, I think. Ohio State, I'm not so sure how I feel about them. So, an opportunity to finally, uh, for a Big Ten West school to bring this baby home. It's it's there. I mean, are you blown away by the Buckeyes? No, not at all. That was a team. I love that, their offense, oh, but defensively, yeah. So Coombs is out as defensive coordinator, and I got somebody else calling plays there defensively. And it's schematics. It's it's not just calling the right defense, but mm-hmm. they are just they're bad. Tulsa's a limited offensive team, a better mid major, if you will, than many people consider, but mm-hmm. they're still limited, and they struggled. Who's the best group of five team you see? I think there's two answers. BYU. Well, that's a good one too. I keep. Yeah, I don't. I don't because they're independent. I just. Right. Yeah, but BYU is good. Fresno State. Yes. You were on them this past week. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cincinnati. That was a good win for Cincinnati. Down and they looked like, awful. awful, terrible. Looked like they didn't have a clue right. offensively. Yep. They were impacted by the crowd. Mm-hmm. And that kind of leaves you wondering here when they get Notre Dame in two weeks. Yeah. Going into that environment right. with eighty thousand. The good news struck- is they got this week off. You struggle in Bloomington, and you're going to a different place. Although, in the true, this is a different place. But when was the, when was the last time you saw Bloomington, that, that many people watching the Hoosiers home game? And speaking of uh, attendance, did you see Ohio State, their lowest attendance since the 1970s? Is that what it was? At the horseshoe? Oh, my God. Yeah. Don't know what's going on there. That's yeah. weird. Uh, the defense has got some holes. they got a great offense. But, man, uh, the Big Ten, the Big Ten, 
It's, it's there not for the, the foregone conclusion. No. It really, but they got to get a lot better. Absolutely. Peacher has to be much better mm-hmm. to even think about those mm-hmm. heights, even as the ranked fifth in the country. Reganey was doing his thing. Boy, the way, I don't need sound to, to watch Jack Campbell and, no, and to yes. know that Jack Campbell is all over the field. My God, he's something. Uh, and so is Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Go, Another force fumble from him. Oh. He's all over the place. Ivory Kelly Martin. Can you play him yeah, out? What, no. The put it on the is, ball. No. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up because it's not too many years ago that Ferentz would not be playing right. him. Yeah. It's an automatic benching. Mm-hmm. And he's relented a little bit to that. Mm-hmm. How many chances do you keep giving him, though, week after week? He's put it on the ground four times. Uh-huh. One of them was called down rightly. But still, two fumbles in a game, uh-huh. three overall. You just can't do it. And Gavin Williams, I thought, looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. The Southeast Spoken Dowling product, I thought he looked... Certainly better than I anticipated. So there's a dude there in the waiting. This is good, Goodson's show, though. I mean, ultimately, oh God, yeah. he's the back that's going yeah. to take them to where they get. There's hope, but it just has to get better. No doubt. Let's get Philip in here. Uh, we're going to talk NFL at the bottom of the hour. First off will be uh, Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com, who was at Lambeau last night, and then Nick Gathen on the Chiefs. Hello, Philip. How are you? How are you, friends? Good. Good to hear. Good to hear from you. Well, yeah, um, I just... I know people are not going to like what I'm about to say, but Iowa and offense, I mean, I don't, I'm a big Iowa fan, but I don't think with one or two exceptions over the years, I've never really been impressed with Iowa's offense. And you're never going to get an out, you know, an elite outstanding quarterback at the level that you get from people like Alabama, Ohio State. You're not going to get that with Iowa. You never, you never really have, except for back in the eighties, but that was a different era. But I just, you know, I think the people are, uh, they have, they make unreasonable expectations of what the identity of this program is offensively, who they are, who they've been. It happens this way year after year. And I think you have to, you know, you're winning. So you have to accept that this is the way it's going to be. No, but um, look, they, they've certainly had some play. C.J. Beathard mm-hmm. and, and Brad Banks was the runner-up in the Heisman, and Ricky Stanzi held the clipboard in the NFL. They've had some dudes, Philip, uh, and they would um, – And go ahead. I know, but this is not – you know, that, there's a few exceptions over the years, but it's just it's the whole system. You know what I mean? Uh, and I think that maybe teachers maybe it could uh, – it's not, not quite, you know – there, uh, there with other circumstances and things, but I just think I think that it's not all on him. I think it's the offense in general. Um, you have a great line, so that really helps. Indeed, Philip. Good to uh, hear from you. How are you offense. feeling? You doing okay? Yeah, I, I'm pretty reasonable. Yeah, good, pretty reasonable. So, stay stay yeah, well, really, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, great to talk to you guys. Good Thanks. to talk to you. Thanks, Philip. Um, yeah, I'm a, I mean, P- Petrus is not as good as those other quarterbacks. No, I would take any of them. James Vandenberg over it. Jake Christensen. I would not. It's close. That that's the that's the end game for me. Too many knuckleballs into the dirt. Yeah. From Jake Christensen for me. Yeah, he killed a lot of worms, didn't he? But oh, that's, he killed a lot of worms. That's that's the line. You talked about all those quarterbacks. I would take every single Nate one. Of them. Not even close. Mm-hmm. Nate Stanley on this team. You're excited. Look at yards per attempt, yards per completion, QBR. He is in still. We laughed about the rankings from Pro Football Focus that had him the 109th quarterback in the country. Mm-hmm. Despite the record. And that at the end of the day, that's the number that matters most is the team mm-hmm. record. But he's going to have to win this, uh, this uh, a football game. It's going to happen. 
And I just can't see it happening. I don't I, know, Trent. That team's beating Penn State with those limitations offensively. Mm, no. Did you watch Penn State on Saturday night? I did. Did you watch them against Wisconsin? Because yes. that team, they are not I left the, the Legion Stadium game. to finish watching them on <laughs> right, Saturday night. Right. I couldn't wait to get back and watch that game. That record doesn't matter. This is the same crap about... Well, the record matters. Starting pitching. No. Yes, it is a measure. But who's winning these football games? Is it Spencer Peters? No. Or is it the defense? No, yes. It's the defense. Yes. The defense is one. The quarterback is not putting the defense in a hole where they can't get out. So you got to give Peters that. Trent, he needs to get better. I'm not debating that with you. And I'm on his bandwagon. I got one foot off. But I just don't know what the option is. And that's the problem. Right? Last year, it was a weird year. Not going to play Padilla. They win six straight. Okay. But are we going to see Padilla? If they do get out to a I don't, I'm starting 28-3 to against Colorado State, middle of the third quarter, it's 28-3, do you get Padilla some reps? You if you s- can. Are you going to? Is Iowa going to, though, or is that is Kirk too worried about creating controversy? That's a good question, Trent. That is a very good question. And it doesn't... I am not surprised with the red jersey in practice that Spencer Petras looks like an All-American because he has the arm talent to do that. But when the bullets are flying, when it's a big game, when mm-hmm. it's an important moment... Go back to the Northwestern game last year. He was terrible. No, I know. I know. And they haven't had many of those games. They haven't had a close game during this nine-game winning streak. But he's had spurts in these games. You know, he's, he's Sure. He, he puts a 15-minute frame together, and then the other three quarters are, meh. You need more from him. There's, the consistency's not there. There's no doubt about that. That's the concern. Yeah, it is a big concern because they got a hell of a team. Offensive line gets better. Yeah. Sure. Running game gets yeah. going even more. Absolutely. It now, how did be. shot play? Not great. Right, a lot of rust. Yes, you yeah. could definitely tell that. You could tell a guy that hasn't been around for a mm-hmm. month as he's rehabbing. So it wasn't this great elixir that suddenly, oh, the offensive line's great again. Ultimately, you know, the Colby kid continues to play really well. They're playing him more, too. Yes. Ultimately, I wonder how it does shake out. Is it... Well, this is the last dress rehearsal this week. Right. I'm trying to think of if Colby's one of your best five. He's a natural tackle. Ultimately, that's what he's going to be. Is it better for Richmond to bump inside? Colby left tackle. Richmond inside next to him. Of course, Linderbaum there. Yeah. Then he gets shooter. And that then the right tackle. Words. DeYoung. Is DeYoung the one that shifts inside? Because I th- ultimately... Two weeks ago, he's re- he's really good. Colby's going to be a tackle. Mm-hmm. He's going to make money, it looks like, already yeah. at the next level. He's the next something. great offensive yep. lineman to come through here. So what's the best spot here during his true freshman season, though? It's easier, obviously, at the guard position. Is it there? Or to unlock this that we're talking about, to get to these heights, to beat Wisconsin on the road, to beat Penn State, is it we got to get him out there at tackle, mm-hmm. and then you do the shifting around? they got to figure it out. You know what I keep seeing, Trent? Is, um, and I'm, <laughs> I, may, I pay more attention to bowl projections than you do. But you know where they've got him, right? Rose Bowl? Mm-hmm. Saw against UCLA on the mm-hmm. Action Network. They had that mm-hmm. one. Oh, UCLA, that surprised me. Fresno State's good. Tried to tell you. You did. You did. But I'd already bet UCLA, that went down on flames. Uh, I mean, to at least to, to win the uh, division, to win the conference. I don't know. They can still do it. The biggest story, I think, Trent, is the um, – the, we're about we're on the cusp of chaos. Oh, yes. does, I mean, Alabama doesn't look as though they're a juggernaut. Clemson does not belong this year. Nope. At least this Clemson. Are you ranking them in the top 15? No, I'm not. No. Absolutely not. Who do they get this week? NC State. NC State, who we both like before the season as far as their win total. So the, the ACC, the Pac-12, 
Um, Oklahoma struggled against Nebraska. Give Nebraska a little bit of credit. They played very physical. But come on. Who's the best team in the Big 12? Maybe it's Oklahoma, but it's not like they're head and shoulders. Going to be the year. I asked this to Bama yesterday. What's more likely to happen this year for the first time in the college football playoff era? A two-loss team? Two-loss team or a group of five team? Oh. Can can I answer the question after I watch the Notre Dame-Cincinnati game in two weeks? Or undefeated BYU? BYU, man. What have they got left? They finish with USC. That's their last game of the year. And USC, talk about turnaround. Well, they turned around to turn to another quarterback. Down 14 nothing, and uh-huh. the backup comes in for Keaton Slovis, and he was firing all yep. over the field. That's one to keep an eye on. If US, USC is ascending, and they are 8-2, and two, something like that, 8-3 and three even going into that game, BYU finishes with that, possibly. Who's the best team in college football right now? Alabama. Even with the woes, mm-hmm. it's one week. Who's second? Nobody. Georgia. Yeah, I think Georgia. Georgia, yeah. Yeah. I think Georgia, and that's an SEC championship tilt written all over it. And it won't mean anything if they both get there undefeated. That's true. Because, because they're, they're both, both getting in. in. Yeah, they're both getting in, especially this year. So those two, a group of five, and then I, and then Iowa. And Iowa, huh? Uh, <laughs> Isn't this great? It is. Talking college football and projecting out this far. It's been fun so far. Ready for the conference portion of the season, even though that means we're a fourth of the way through. You always bring that to why you got to bring I that I know. Up it just time. bothers you, you me. Get your right? negativity out of here. It just All goes positive. so fast. We got a lot of football still in front of we us. We do. Uh, we're going to do some NFL coming up next. Hour number two, we're going to get into baseball with Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Looking forward to sitting in the easy chair tonight and watching the bases. Uh, those Cardinals, we're going to have to get Brian Walton back on here. They are going to the playoffs. Can you believe that? Three games up. Three games up. You, uh, when I was on vacation the beginning of August, I, I remember when I got I was coming up with a case for the Cardinals, and I almost hate myself for doing it. Because they lost two straight to the Pirates. Right. And here they are, yep. three-game lead. Wainwright, he starts the one game against the Dodgers. Oh, he the has Giants. to. He God, has to. Even though he got beat the other night, he just... yeah. He's, and then if you're and then if you are the NFC West runner up, you excited to see Adam Wainwright? I mean nope. that's not going to be the easy path that you once thought it was going to be. Miller and Condon. We'll be back with Dave Sinekin on the uh NFL, Nick Athen as well. We take you until noon. Looking forward an hour from now to talking to Matt Postons from Heartland College Sports. Wanna pick his brain on the uh, Big Twelve. Did you we're gonna do our um did you rank the Big Twelve? Give me your top five in the Big Twelve right now. Oh boy. It's tough, isn't it? I'd have to dig. You in have to deeper. have Oklahoma one. Do you? Well, Kansas State might be one for me. Uh, Kansas State's on the list, for sure. Will Howard, who I thought stunk last year. Well, he did stink last year, Trent. And against Nevada, the way the defense, uh-huh. though, is playing, that's an elite-level defense. Look, nice he, win for West Virginia. It was a nice win for West Virginia. Those two were on this. You can't write off Iowa State yet. No, no. And here's the thing about Iowa State, and this is something you haven't been able to say confidently anyway, I think they've got a kicker. This Mavis kid from 54. I mean... They, they haven't had have any guys with that kind of leg. No, they have not had that. He's good. And look at the calendar. October's coming. It is coming. When's Brees Hall coming? They wanted to get him into 100 yards. They went out of their way to do so. And it took a lot of carries to get there. It took a lot there. to that very last one for him to get there. 
uh, and they still have not identified that WR2, and they're going to need him. Hutchinson was out of his mind. Kohler looked like Kohler again. It was good to see. We'll come back with Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com. Uh, get into Nick Athen on the Chiefs. We take you until noon. Glad you're with us on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. bets off. Nick Athen on the Chiefs coming up in about 10 minutes right now. He's the headcheese.com. He's Dave Sinekin. He was back at the cathedral that is Lambeau Field last night for the first time in a while. Dave, Trent, and Ken, uh, thank you as always for coming on. I guess we'll start right there. Just walking back into a building that means so much to that fan base. And you've spent, seen dozens uh, of games there in your, uh, in your lifetime. Had to be pretty special to get back to that place yesterday. Yeah, morning, guys. Yeah, it's it was so sweet. Back and just I circled the Lambo a couple times, just soaking in the tailgate and the energy at the Titan District and just what life was like when it was pretty normal. It just felt great. And then the, the energy in that place last night, uh, the noise, the excitement to all be back in Lambo Field. It was it's what I'll take away most from the experience last night. It was just how good it felt to be back in that kind of an environment again. A little hairy during the first half yeah. of that game. It's a divisional opponent. It is the Lions. But still, you've seen games where the Lions have been able to get the Packers here. How was it? Were there grumblings after week one? What was it like in the stands there during the first half? Yeah, there were. I mean, the Lions had won two of the last four games at Lambeau heading into last night. Now, it has been a few years, and Lafleur has a loss to them. But a lot of us have been there when the Lions... <laughs> a victory away from the back. A smattering of boos, I would say, uh, after the long pass that uh, Kevin King gave up to uh, Cephas. A boos when the pack went three and out early. Um, There's not a lot of patience. And I think think fans this year of the pack are going to have to be a little patient. I just think, man, you've got a lot of youth up front on that offensive line, and and, uh, you've got your best pass rusher out maybe for a good chunk of the season and a new defensive coordinator and from my vantage point i was sitting high up in the set it's kind of like an all 22 view live of a game and i really noticed a lot of defensive substitutions where guys were running in and running right off and not sure who's supposed to be in and a lot of pointing and i just i don't feel like the team quite understands what joe barry's trying to do and I would say us fans certainly are not sure we think Bill Barry knows what he's trying to do just yet. <laughs> well, and you're you're right about that because the second touchdown, King, and uh, one of the other members, uh, they they both followed the same guy, uh, Kevin King. You you started with him a minute ago, Dave, uh, and I, I after the end of last year, you know, as we were closing things down, one of your final appearances with us after uh, the NFC Championship last year, I, I kind of got the sense that you thought that that probably was going to be Kevin King's last game uh, as a Green Bay Packer. And he's not any better this year. Uh, I'm surprised he's back. Is this just a product of cap that they have to keep him because they certainly need more from him? Yeah, they elected to re-sign him. He was a free agent, and they gave him a one-year, $5 million deal. You know, this goes back to that draft where Green Bay traded out of their spot in the first round and took Kevin King with the first pick in the second round. And had they stayed where they were, uh, most Packer fans were hoping they would take T.J. Watt. So that decision has haunted Packer fans, and I think the front office feels like they just can't let him go because of what Watt's become, as weird as that sounds. It is hard to find corners. 
And truthfully, when King has been healthy, he has been a serviceable, if not above-average corner, I think. Problem is, he's never healthy, and this year it does feel like he has lost a step. And you know, I noticed I was lobbying before the game. This should be the Eric Stokes coming out party. You're playing it have a legitimate wide receiver core. It's a soft landing for the first-round pick out of Georgia. Get him out there mm-hmm. and see what he can do. And, and they did eventually, and he made a couple of big plays, including that advised uh, fourth and one pass in his direction. Um, but I think they they have to figure out that he's going to be on the field on the outside. And King played inside in the nickel in the slot where his speed is not going to be tested as much. That might be the best spot for him. It's just time to take off the training wheels and say, Jair on one side, Stokes on the other, two first-round picks. Um, they've got the speed to make up for a lot of lack of pass rush. And, man, I just hope we see much more of Stokes King uh, work inside. Four years, $48 million contract extension for Aaron Jones, and might have earned all that money last night. What, what a, a performance game. out of the running back. Yeah, I just, I love that kid. Everything you read about him. Uh, he's such an impressive young man, and I don't know if you saw the, the story this morning. You know, his father passed away in the offseason. His first game at Lambeau without his dad there, they were super tight. He wore a necklace around his neck with his dad's ashes inside. Wow. And he lost that during the game, maybe during one of his four Lambo leaps. I don't know, but I know the grounds crew is going to, uh, you know, look everywhere for it. But he, you know, he said, if that's where my dad comes to final rest, he'd be happy with that. Mm. So, uh, kind of an emotional pose and offense, such a spark. And he is, he is the key. I mean, this offense is built around the run. Aaron Jones, and last night with the Lions kind of up the same game plan as the Saints and those two high safeties kind of daring the Packers to run. Uh, what really worked, obviously, last night was finding Jones in game on a linebacker. That's a mismatch. And the Packers have to look for right now, and if that's the defense they're going to face where they're forcing you to run the ball or, or look for your running backs, uh, I like having Jones on my side. He's, uh, in my mind, an absolute top five back in this league. Well, uh, it's also nice to have uh, number 12 on your side, and he looked like uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Dave, as you go back, uh, having a week to think about it and then watch what you saw last night, was it just, I mean, what was, what, what caused the performance against the Saints in Jacksonville in week number one? Can you pinpoint it? Well, I think the, the obvious answer is just the rust and, and, you know, the lack of OTAs, minicamp, uh, coming into training camp and having to get his head on straight. But I really think a lot of it, was just the game flow last week where they ran 12 offensive plays in the first half until a, a last-minute drive that really didn't have a chance to do much. They got behind so quickly. The defense had those long 15-play drives that just gassed them in Jacksonville. The Packers kind of panic offensively when they fall behind like that, and they abandon the running game. They put out four receivers wide and, and tell Aaron, go find somebody downfield. And I just think they, they need to dial that back and just relax as – Rodgers likes to say it's a long game. If you're down 14 or 17, just chip away. Don't abandon the running game because that takes away Rodgers' play-action ability. Uh, it just takes away what made him so great last season. So I think a lot of it was just game script last week, along with first time on the field, You know, having not played in the preseason. The offense is going to get better as the season gets going, obviously when Bakhtiari gets back and those rookies on the offensive line get more games under their belt. I think the offense will be better. They're also missing uh, DeGuara, the H-back tight end, who you wouldn't think would be a big factor, but 
he allows them to do a whole lot creatively with his special skill set. He's out with a concussion. So uh, I think Rodgers uh, is going to be just fine. And obviously, that throw to Tunyon last night oh. was as good as it gets. So um, it was just, a, I think, a lot of factors that, that sort of added up. And the way that game went, I don't think LaFleur gave him much of a chance. Uh, Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com. You can read about your Packers all season long, theheadcheese.com. You can hear Dave Sinekin. He does Packer preview on KFA on Sunday mornings, 8 a.m., correct? Uh, no, we're back at 7. So uh, I would suggest, Ben, you can just uh, find the iHeartRadio app Absolutely. or iTunes and listen to it whenever you wake up. <laughs> Indeed. Dave, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for doing this. Glad you got back to Lambo last night. I know what uh, it means to you. Uh, good to see that place banged out. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll talk to you later. Yep, good to talk to you. Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com. We'll take a break, come back, take a look at those one and one Kansas City cheese. Is the run over? That defense maybe says that it is. I didn't shed too many tears. Oh, I bet not. How about the Raiders? 2-0 Raiders? You know what, Broncos? This Raiders team. Chargers should be 2-0 as well. The Chargers should be 2-0. Yes. They should be 2-0. Um, I don't, that, that team is just snake bit. Snake bit. Now, I won't shed any tears for that. Uh, but we'll come back uh, with Nick Athen on the Chiefs. We're here until noon. It's 1460. KXNO and 106. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Chiefs are 1-1. One one. They face the Chargers. This is not the week I'd want to face those snake pit L.A. Chargers. Right? A game is an arrowhead, uh, but this Chargers team, my God, they just can't get out of their own way. One punt in that game, 2017 final. One punt. That. Is that all there was? Wow. Uh, let's get Nick Athen. You can read uh, Nick and all of the folks at primetimesportstalk.com. Primetimesportstalk.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Chiefs Insider, and you can hear him here with us right now. Uh, Nick, I was surprised. I thought that they would uh, duplicate, replicate what they did uh, when they went there last week, um, or last year, rather, on Monday Night Football, and they'd find a way to put the Ravens away. It looked at least early in the football game like, here we go again. Uh, but then all of a sudden, right, when pinpoint it. What went wrong? Uh, what was the turning point in the football game in your mind? Oof. Probably, I think the turning point for me was uh, when the Ravens had the ball right before half and the Chiefs just played deep zones and didn't factor that they were probably going to run the ball first. And, you know, they made two chunk yard plays and then they completed a pass and they were in field goal range. That's kind of when I thought, you know what? This reminds me of the Colts game, you know, where they lost when they had that big lead and, you know, you had that, that fumble at the goal line and bounces to receiver scores. And it just had a lot of similarities to that. And obviously the interception uh, and the fumble didn't help. But, uh, you know, the Chief, the Ravens did to the Chiefs what the Chiefs did to the Browns last week to create fourth quarter turnovers and, and change the momentum of the game. Defensively, that is where everybody is taking shots right now. Is it sure. fixable? Is it a schematic problem? Uh, well, it's fixable. It's also a schematic problem. I mean, the issue is, and I love Spags, and, you know, I, I try not to bring up Bob Sutton. I promise you I only bring his name <laughs> up one time during this during this phone call. But it the, the, two, the two guys have something in common. They continue to try and find, put square pegs in a round hole. Um, yeah, I know this might upset a few people, but Ben Neiman shouldn't be starting. Um, I, I don't think Sorensen should be starting. I think when Willie Gay comes back, 
And for some reason, they didn't play Juan Thornton well. I'm guessing he was in the doghouse. You know, get him out there for Daniel Sorensen. Get some speed, some better tacklers. Um, yeah, those two guys know the offense better than the, 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 than the young pups. But that's the area I start first. And then I rotate Chris Jones inside and outside. There's no, he had no business being outside on that final, that final fourth and goal. He should have been inside. Uh, there was a lot of gap assignments. I mean, Hitchens had him. Hitchens had a clear path. And for whatever reason, he decided to take on a blocker. And I will never understand that as long as I live, why these guys don't try and shed around uh, blockers or move and fill gaps or push them into the gaps. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But to answer your question in a long-winded way, without bringing up that guy's name again, yes, it's fixable, and they better fix it because if they don't, uh, they cannot rely on Patrick Mahomes 100% of the time. Mm. Here comes Justin Herbert this week, a hungry football team. Let me ask yep. you about this, Nick, because I thought that uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was going to be the perfect Chiefs running back when they took him at the end of the first round a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. He certainly started off uh, early in his career, looked like, you know what, uh, they've really got something here, but that hasn't been the case as of let. What, did, what can they do to get Edwards-Hilaire more involved? Well, the problem is is they're trying to make him a between-the-tackles guy. And, yeah, he's not blessed with, you know, a terrific speed. He's got good speed. You know, they don't do a lot of traps and pulls with him. They don't put him outside. They don't pitch him the ball. I mean, these are all things that they have to, they have to work on to get him in a groove. They have to throw him the ball, too. You know, he was really successful last night or last year's season when he was healthy, catching the ball in the backfield. And he's a work in progress. And he's, and he's also – He's having a hard time. He's kind of got tunnel vision when he runs. He's not used to this offensive line. It's clear. You know, six weeks or seven weeks, eight weeks into the season, if he's still at this pace, then I think you're going to see uh, McKinnon come in and, and be the starter. Um, I don't think he's a bust yet. I think he's salvageable. But, you know, what's bothering him right now is his unfamiliarity with the offensive line. And, he, and, he, and he's lost the ability to cut back and to have, you know, real vision you need to be to be a great running back in the NFL. All things he can correct, but I also think he needs a boost of confidence. They have to really, really feature him, you know, in a game or two coming up to, to get that confidence level up. First fumble of his career, something to note there with Clyde <laughs> yep. Edwards-Hilaire. Offensive line, you talked about it. Holes, mm-hmm. new pieces, a lot of rookies, a <clears throat> lot of new faces out there. I don't think this is where, certainly, I anticipated we'd be two weeks in. Thought it'd be a lot better than what we've seen. Looking forward, what do you see out of this offensive line? Well, I think they played better this uh, against the Ravens than they did against the Browns. I mean, let's mm-hmm. let's be honest. I mean, they faced even with the injuries that the Ravens have. Talking about probably the the, the one of the top three defensive lines and in, in front sevens in football. I mean, I, I put them with the Browns. I put them with the Broncos. Even though the Broncos have been just just ripped with injuries, um, that still schematically and depth. Um, I, I thought they handled things pretty well. Um, you know, you had a rookie make two huge plays in the game, you know, one to the interception, um, which, which really falls on Patrick to just dump that ball off and obviously the, the fumble. But I thought the offensive line played better than it did against the Browns. I was actually impressed. I mean, Niang played really, really well. I mean, he did a lot of kick-out blocks. You know, he gave, he gave some room for Mahomes to maneuver, uh, some down-the-field blocks. Uh, I was really impressed with his, um, you know, his, his elevation from week one to week two. I think Thune didn't play a great game. I think he struggled a little bit. Uh, but that's probably, you know, something that's going to get corrected. But I didn't look at it as like they were worse or they weren't getting better. Again, you know, this, this, these guys have only been together a short period of time. They were thrown together. 
uh, it's going to take five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten weeks for these guys to be able to communicate at a level that you know they can they can they can be counted on to do all the right things heading into December and the postseason. And that's really the goal here. Listen, the Chiefs are making the playoffs, and it doesn't matter to them if they're home or away; they're still going to be the favorite. So hmm. this line has time to to do what it needs to do. Uh, to gel, and I think they're going to be fine. Nick, we have 60 seconds left. Um, so far, look, the Raiders have certainly caught my attention as we focus on the sure. AFC West here. Denver's a fake 2-0 and with wins over the Giants and the Jags, as much right. as it pains me to say that. And the loss of yep. Josie Jewell is huge. He meant so much to that team. Boy, he's gotten good. Um, yeah, he but the, but the Raiders, uh, Nick, the, this is the team to me that's arrows pointing up in this division. I'm not saying they're going to win it, but they're, yeah. I think, a lot better than anybody saw coming. Well, one of my best friends is a Raiders fan, and he and he, he didn't rub salt in the wound on Tuesday morning. He goes, "Listen, Nick, it's the Raiders. Don't worry about it." Mm. So, I, listen, I think they're playing well. I'm surpri- I'm surprised, to be honest with you, the fact that Carr didn't play at all during the preseason. A lot of starters didn't play. You know, Gruden had a method to his madness, and it seems to be working. And you know, the proof's going to be in the pudding. I mean, their schedule's you know got some really tough games in it. Um, the Steelers. If you stop Big Ben, you pretty much stop them. I thought the Steelers defensively were woeful. That's the worst I've seen Fitzpatrick play in three seasons. He was just beaten up like a drum. So, listen, Carr has got a chip on his shoulder. His brother says they're going to win the Super Bowl. You know, they're riding high right now. Let's see what they do in the division. Let's see what they do against better uh, better opponents. Um, but that's a team to keep an eye on, absolutely. Nick Athen, uh, primetimesportstalk.com, primetimesportstalk.com, or follow him on Twitter at Chiefs Insider. Nick, thank you. We'll speak with you next week. Appreciate it. All right, Jen. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, good to talk to you. Nick Athen, as we talk a little NFL, MLB to kick off our number two, Matt Snyder. Big 12 conversation. Looking forward to this. Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports. About 1130, Miller and Condon are with you until noon on 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.